What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Brother MT, and we're here with another Metric Mate Minute podcast. On the Metric Mate Minute podcast, we cover leaders from all over the world telling you about how they do what they do, why they do what they do, and how staying fit keeps them in their best mindset. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? We've made it to another amazing Metric Mate Minute. We have another great guest, another great leader in the community that's been able to find a way to prosper through the pandemic and, and see things through. My friend and awesome colleague, Takiwa Smith, is on with us today to talk about everything that she's got going on, how she's been able to continue to push through everything that's in the world. But I really can't tell you the way that she can. Takiwa, welcome and expose our community to, to how amazing you are. <laughs> Thank you so much. I am Takiwa Smith. I'm a chemical engineer, social entrepreneur, author, and STEM educator. I am the founder and executive director of Science Engineering Mathematics Lincoln Incorporated, a nonprofit that connects youth with the STEM community to engage in hands-on STEM activities, explore STEM careers, and support young STEM researchers. I'm also the CEO and principal consultant of Chemical Educational Services, a consulting firm that supports parents and organizations to ensure that K-12 students, community college students, and undergraduate students are prepared to pursue STEM careers. And, you know, I'm starting some stuff as my security Smith friend. You know, just stuff I want to do, you know, to make the world a better place. And, you know, I want to see change, right? And if you want to see it and it bothers you enough, right, you need to do something about it. So, I know, right? It's almost that time. This year has flown by so fast. It's like 2021 is creeping up on us. And I don't know if I'm, I mean, I know, I know I'm ready because 2020 has been one whirlwind of a year. So 2021 has to be at least different and hopefully in a positive way. So let's, I'm ready to unwrap that present as they say. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. So SEM Link, I've worked with SEM Link. It's an amazing organization. Tell, tell me, where did the genesis, where did that thought form to build SEM Link to affect the community? You know, it came while I was working, running in a, a after-school tutorial program at Sylvan Hills Middle School, you know, Zone 2 for your Atlanta. It's a Zone 2 or Zone 3? I think it's Zone 3, I remember. But in the 2000s, because I'm from Miami, so I have to remember the zone, right? The kids taught me the zone. But um, I was working there, and, and I ended up interacting with the kids a lot more than I was supposed to because we were responsible for supporting math classes, and the majority of my staff didn't feel comfortable with middle school math. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like, this is this algebra-based arithmetic. So I ended up having to provide some of the support in math, even though I was off school site most of the time. And that's when I got the opportunity to support the kids and, and learn, get to know a lot of the kids who were like, oh, you teach this better than I teach. And I'm like, it's just different because I'm an engineer. Like, I know math, like I know my name, especially algebra, right? Thanks to a seventh grade math teacher. So I was taking all of my work home because when I was at the school building, kids were in front of me getting help with their math homework. And so I started to bring some of my friends from the STEM community. But what really triggered me starting SEM, like where the idea was born, 
was when I was talking to the kids about what they wanted to be when they grew up, and none of them wanted to be STEM professionals. And this was, you know, babies that look like me, right? Although SM links serve everyone, I'm a Black woman, right? And so I do want kids that look like me to pursue STEM careers and feel comfortable and confident that they can. And these were kids that were capable of doing it. But when I realized what their answer was about, it was about what they were seeing and what they were exposed to. And they were naming careers of the adults in their lives and what they saw on TV. And I was like, I'm a chemical engineer. I'm not doing it, but I'm a chemical engineer. I'm in my STEM professional society. And so this is an easy fit. So I started bringing my friends to the school to do tutorials. I hosted a career fair. I made sure over half the STEM professionals were, you know, professionals there were scientists. Because you can't, for some kids, they have to see it to pursue it, right? And so making it was very, very important for me to make sure they had an opportunity to meet and interact with the STEM community. Hence the name SCM Link, right? <laughs> we're connecting you to the STEM community. And that was the 2002-2003 academic year. I took two years before I actually formed it because I want, you know, I'm an engineer by training. I don't know anything about nonprofits or businesses, right? And so the first thing I did was take a micro enterprise class with um, an organization that I still, unfortunately, has closed their doors, but they focused on helping women entrepreneurs. So you know, it was like maybe a 12-week class, maybe six months, I don't know, it was long and hard, where you learn different aspects of starting and maintaining a business. And then I, after that, I did the United Way VIP program so I could learn a little bit about nonprofits and serving on a board, which I Shout out to United Way VIP. Amazing, amazing program. Which out of all things, I served on a pageant board of Miss Black Georgia USA. But I learned so, you know, much about nonprofits, which myself got a few cute headshots you know, while serving on that board. And so in June 2005, you know, it was formalized at that one school. So thankful for that principal, Mrs. Gwen Atkinson, she's retired now, for believing in me, trusting me with her kids, right? Because, you know, principals don't always let you come in and do stuff, right? And trusting that I had her children's best interests at heart and that I had the skill set and interest to do that. So while I was working at Spelman College <laughs> with my money and a you know $1,000 grant from the United Way Community Neighborhood Investment Fund, we started the organization at Selvin Hills Middle School, serving that one school, and it has grown to what it is now, where we serve, have served the Bay Area for a minute, we did some work in Chicago. Now we stay in Atlanta, D.C. We serve four school districts. We have done more than I even envisioned. You know, I was just trying to help those babies at one middle school because I was like, hey, these kids need to at least make informed decisions about their career choices. And, you know, it's been a journey, a rewarding one, you know, full of ups and downs. But when I look at pictures of the kids, you know, 
when you helped earlier in the career, you know, every time you volunteer, I get great pictures and great donations from the engagements that we have with kids. So when you get those connections of people who are passionate about STEM, right, and really good at, and they share that with the kids, they can't get anything but excitement and wondering, like, oh, is this something that I can do, right? Wow. I like and, and like you say, I've been involved with you for a while and SM Link and, and SEM Link and trying to give back to the community. But I didn't even know all of that about the genesis and, and how it came about and, and how effective it's been because I see now where all is going and knowing that it was hatched out of a middle school and literally trying to serve that population and, and do and take that chip off of the block and let help it guide it down the, the, the river so it could get to the ocean one day and see all of the possibilities. That's ridiculously amazing. So I feel even more proud <laughs> to have SEM Link as many times as I did, because that's off the chain. So have you, have you kept up with those students at that middle school? Have you seen them since then? Um, there is one student that, you know, is actually kind of like the little brother I adopted because, you know, I was still in my early 20s when I started this. So I was just like, I am not a mother figure. I was not a tween mother. <laughs> you can call me the big sister that helped raise you because, you know, whatever. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, we were still in touch. And, you know, he tells me some of the kids that are doing well, some of them are not, you know, that he hears through the street. Because, unfortunately, sometimes if you want to grow and evolve, you got to leave some people in your past, right? So he is not connected, you know, with some. But for the most part, some of them have done well and some of them, you know, unfortunately were lost to the street. You know, you yeah. only so much, you know, there's some kids, the only way you can change their trajectory is to take them and move them in your house, right? Right. And some of those kids, you know, unfortunately, you know, have been lost to the street. But I think for the most part, and I tell my friends and our volunteers, like, we may not see these kids again, right? But in that moment that you're with them, you have to make them, one, know that they're adults that care about them and their well-being, right? And two, give them some hope and possibilities of what the future are for them, right? So the choices that they make, there's nothing you can do about their environment, but you could at least expose them to something different, right? And kids don't even have to be in the dire situations because we've had kids in higher social economic levels that be like, man, I didn't know I could do that, right? Because yep. how many of you know your friends, you don't know what they do. They work for Coke, they work for EPA, but I don't know what they do, right? And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just having kids know what the possibilities are for them. No. That's real. That's real. Because, I mean, we talk about that a lot now. Representation matters. And that's for everybody. That's for everybody. That's across the human human race, the human human genome, period. Representation matters. You know, if you see it, then you can believe it and you can achieve it. And that's exactly what SEM Link has done for countless children. So, yeah, the law of averages would just tell us that everybody, everything isn't there is no hundred percent. So you won't succeed with everyone. But for the ones that you do, it means the world. And I can take that from personal experience. I know you can take that from personal experience. There were people in your life that guided you through and helped you become who you are today. And without them, 
there's no telling what would have happened. And you, literally you, are that for a myriad of young individuals that'll be a part of the future on this planet and whatever planet we decide to go to next. That's real. Well, I do have a story. A parent sent me a message on LinkedIn about a student, and that's how I know it's long ago because we were doing our career fair at Georgia Tech. And they met an engineer, and I think this was last year, they were going to Alabama A&M to major in engineering. And so they had never thought of engineering because they came to that career fair. I can't tell you how that kid looks. I probably didn't even meet the kid, right, because it's a career fair, right? But whatever conversation they had with that engineer, I'm assuming it's an electrical engineer, right, changed their whole trajectory. And I was super happy. I'm like, ooh, an engineer, and you're going to HBCU. So, you know, you know that that happens, right? Just the stories may not always get back to you. 100%. So the career fair is, is one of your biggest events. You do that every year, and, and it's been a huge success. A huge success. You had many people, many organizations coming through, but now we're in a different climate. We're in a different space. And not just the career fair, but all of your, your activities have had to kind of change and mold. Tell us a little bit about how you've been able to continue to push forward despite what's going on in the world. Well, one of the reasons, um, and this is something, you know, my executive and my coach and I talked about the end of 2019 or early this year when I was in an executive coaching program is the ability to ask for help and the ability to constantly learn and grow and evolve as a professional. And I'll be honest, when March hit and everything got canceled, I was like, ooh, <laughs> what we going to do? What is he going to do? Right. Like, what's, what's next? How we do this? But I am so grateful that I have a program coordinator, Carlin Pounders, that is in her 20s, that is energetic, creative, is great with technology, has this, you know, inquisitiveness and thirst for knowledge. And, you know, once I was like, give me a couple of months because, you know, everything canceled. So I'm going to take care of me for right now. But, you know, once we were able to, maybe early June, we sat down and we looked at our programming. And we was like, okay, what can we transition to virtual? What do we have to wait till we go back outside and do? What, and then what platforms can we use? So I'll admit the first event, we had a little hiccup when we did some stuff on the platform that was falsely advertised. <laughs> it was not doing all it could do. But right now we have found, you know, great technology tools to do. We have a combination of things on our social media platform, um, mainly, mainly Instagram, because, you know, that is the best platform to do a diversity of things, you know, from IG takeovers to Instagram stories. Um, we've been able to impact our reach. I mean, one of the things that over the next few months that I am going to focus on doing more is. We have an experimental design program that focuses on supporting STEM researchers because, and this program is a program specifically, you know, targeted to black and brown youth because they're not at higher level STEM competitions and those can bring you money. Like I judge those. Some of those kids get $75,000 checks and it's like, what? I should have did some science fair in high school. Um, and so preparing them for being in higher level competitions, right? And a lot of those is, do you know how to do research as a STEM researcher? So we were ahead in the pack with that, you know, supporting young STEM researchers, but also 
transitioning a program that was in person to digital learning. So in 2017 and 18, we um, got funding from the Jack and Jill of America Foundation to transition that in-person programming to an online course. And so last year, we did it within schools within the city of Atlanta, Clayton, DeKalb, and Fulton. And we were able to have some success. We had over 130 students. Two of those students were able to qualify for the International Science and Engineering Fair, although it had to transition to virtual. So this week, I was actually going to start posting and telling, you know, educators, research looks different, but, you know, kids need to still engage in it. So we have that digital learning tool. In January, we're also launching something with Morehouse School of Medicine to do a journal club because it's super important for kids to become scientifically literate. We've seen the decisions that are made, right, when populations and leaders don't have a basic scientific literacy, right, and teaching kids how to become scientific literacy, you know, and, and find what sources to get that, right, because Google and social media doesn't always have the most accurate information. So we just really looked at what tools are we accessible to us, what tools we can afford in our budget, because, you know, we are a small nonprofit organization. And, you know, just like a lot of small organizations and a lot of the bigger ones, too, you know, we saw a loss in revenue and donations when the pandemic hit in those first couple of months. It it really didn't pick back up till the summer. So, you know, just being creative, realistic, and saying, you know what, this pandemic is not going to stop our work. It may shift, but, you know, we still need to reach kids. We still need to reach babies. Now more than ever, we need STEM professionals, right? This pandemic has showed us the right. of issues out there that STEM professionals can solve and work on. I couldn't have said it better. Like the niche, the the form, the jobs, the everything that you're 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 filling with SEM Link and being able to move towards is beneficial. Without a doubt. Like you said, we need more STEM professionals. We need more people in that realm to help guide and move us as we continue to push forward, especially with individuals that don't necessarily listen. The more of them you have, the more evidence you have, the more data you have, the easier it is to actually get a point across. And having people that are credible, that are knowledgeable, that are are in tune and usually younger because they have fresher minds, they have fresher perspectives, they've not been jaded by the the things that have gone on and the things that you've seen and the fact that you don't necessarily want to deal with that battle, that's important. And, and awesome for you all being able to, to pivot in the pandemic and find a way to continue to build that force, that regimen, those people that are coming behind us as being STEM professionals to carry on the legacy and push forward um, because there's, there are going to be similar things that come along. You know, the Spanish flu happened. Now coronavirus is happening. And if being cyclic is anything, a mathematic term, (laughs) then something else is going to happen. And we're going to need these people, these people that you all are impacting and building and pushing into the force to be the scientists of that time. So that's awesome. And one of the things that has also been exciting about it, like I said, we don't serve everybody, but what is it? You serve everybody, but what is important to me as a black woman is that kids who are black see themselves as STEM professionals, and those that are non-black understand that 
more than white men are STEM professionals, right? And they see that. And it just dawned on me that other than our DC career fair, where we had one non-person of color, all of our volunteers have been black and brown STEM professionals. And so I feel like in this time, it is super important that kids that are home, that see themselves as scientists, those who are not people of color, see that we're science, that we do a diversity of things. We had a, probably saying it wrong, but we had a herpetologist. He studies crocodiles in Cuba. We just had a common bird workshop with Georgia Audubon Society. These scientists, you know, educated that did that was a black woman. And someone posted on our Instagram, you know, me and my son just learned about birding from three amazing black women. I'm like, all I did was have greeted. It was one amazing black woman that taught you about birding. But, you know, that's a space that, you know, who knows? Like, all I do about birds is I wish that thing would shut up so I'd go back to sleep, right? But you have <laughs> black people, right, doing science in things that you don't even know where they're, right? And that's that you don't even know where to begin. That, that people knew where to begin. And now you find out that somebody that can relate to you is doing it. Mind blowing, mind blowing. That's amazing. That's amazing. That in and of itself is amazing. Man, I'm learning so much. I'm glad that we sat down for this to be because <laughs> I'm like, man, because I, I, I try to keep a purview and I try to keep my eyes peeled for everything that you all are doing because I know you all are doing great things in the community. But that type of stuff is needed in every realm. And I'm glad that I know you and that you're doing it, <laughs> to be honest. You know, Exciting. You know, I, we have an evaluation consultant. She's always like, literally, you know, evaluate. They got to collect the data because, you know, we got to keep money coming in because we can't do none of this stuff. We don't have any money. Yeah, it's ain't free. But the, you know, our programs are free, but it ain't free to run them, right? And so just having that thing of like, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to see? And, you know, she has to worry about the data, right? But to me, I'm like, those notes I get from parents, you know, when kids are in the chat, we had a park ranger and there was like one girl that like chatted the whole time. Come to find out her last comment, she wanted to be a park ranger. So it was super wow. for her to see that, you know, park rangers do more than just walk around the park, right? Like their role in conservation of wildlife and ecosystem. Right. And so just seeing this evolution of Okay, so we can't see the kids, right? But see the chat and the IG stories after the fact. It's like, okay, so we're still making an impact, even though you can't see the kids, but yes. somebody posted the IG story, or like I was telling you, you know, the viewerships of after the event, right? So, but it's still something meaning and thankful for technology, because if this was Spanish flu, like you said, things would have been shut down because we wouldn't have had a way to reach them, so... Without a doubt, um, you're continuing to be a leader. You're continuing to change the lives of many people for the positive, even though there's so much going on out in the world. You're still being a beacon of light uh, during the event and after the event. <laughs> people are finding you. People are taking advantage of the content being out there. And that's amazing. That in and of itself is amazing. We hope at Metric Mate Minute to be similar. <laughs> Even if you watch it after the fact, even if you're not listening to this when it first comes out, make sure that you take the time to listen to the Metric Mate Minute as we talk to these amazing leaders like Tequila. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful for the 
thankful for the YouTube channel, one of the tools we use is StreamYard, right? And we don't even have to do nothing. Six hours later, it is on our YouTube channel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is already up there. It's already ready to go. So sounds like you're doing a lot. Sounds like you're moving a lot, finding, figuring out ways to make things happen. And we know having a clear mind, having a clear focus, a clear vision is always an important part of that. Now, we talked a little bit before this and the pandemic has gotten you. But as long as I've known you, you've been about your routine, making sure that you keep the momentum, keep the movement. How important has that been to you building up to being this organization that SEM Link is and the influence that you have throughout the STEM community and moving forward? How would that be beneficial for you? Well, there are two things that, you know, are just my theories, being a professional in general, because at the end of the day, you're a person first, right? And so, you know, I have this thing that I have to walk in the world, you know, being my authentic self authentic to who I want to be and what I want to accomplish. And the other thing, if I am not okay, right, I can't work on the project list that I won't be producing my best work. And so those two things have guided me and especially during the pandemic have guided me, you know, so, you know, the things I do is just make sure you know, that I stay in tune and spend time journaling and reflecting and planning ahead. So I stay focused on the things that are important to me personally and professionally. I make time to make sure my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being is important. So from time to time, that includes being a therapist, right? Because as much, and I make sure it's a Black woman therapist because I'm Super important about, you know, being black is wonderful, but there are unique challenges about being a black woman. And I just don't want to have to explain myself, you know, when I'm going through therapy. And so I've had some amazing black women therapists. I have a new one now. Because, you know, as much as even if you have a spiritual practice, there was a hashtag last year by a group of black therapists, like you can have Jesus and a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes you just need a level of support to walk through things. But you don't have to be in a crisis to have therapy, right? Because, you know, as much as you want to, maybe your friends may not be equipped, or maybe you just need that safe space to process stuff. I have a consistent practice of taking care of me before I take care of the project list. And so that looks different sometimes that sleeping in. Sometimes that's journaling, you know, that is managing my spiritual practice. Sometimes it's watching a show on Netflix or reading, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, catching up on something that I missed last night, you know. Um, you know, there's certain shows I watch, right? We all watch them, but I don't always get to them when they're showing live. Sometimes that's having a conversation with a friend. Sometimes that's cooking myself a hot breakfast, right? Pancakes and eggs and bacon, frittatas. There's this recipe for like this bacon casserole I want to try. Um, so sometimes taking care of me is a hot breakfast, right? But during the pandemic, I'm honest, I have not been as consistent with my physical routine, my physical fitness. You know, I'm just realizing I never considered myself a gym rat until when the gym wasn't available, my fitness routine, you yep. know, yep. came to a flow, right? 
a lot of people feel like that that portion of the routine that actually, like you said, we're, like we talked about earlier, getting up, getting dressed, going, you know what I'm saying? It just puts you in the right mindset. Your blood flows in a different way. Your heart beats differently. That's been affecting a lot of people. Yeah, and I include Zumba in my fitness routine, right? And so that whole group fitness and dancing and all of that. And so a lot of what I have been able to control is putting what's in my body. Now, I'm mad at when this pandemic first happened, I was eating every, anything. You know, me and my friend was laughing. I was like, girl, I went through three bags of cool red Cerritos on the week, right? <laughs> no, true, true. I, I had not eaten Cheez-Its since college, but for some reason, I was smashing boxes of Cheez-Its <laughs> when I was at home. I was like, yo, that, that it just sounds right. Be at home, eat Cheez-Its. Because I guess college was the last time I literally just sat around and did nothing for a while. It was like, <laughs> I don't know. And so what I have been doing, you know, these past few months is, you know, there's a black urban farm that I like. So I've been getting fresh produce yes. from them. Um, they're closed for the fall and winter. So I joined their CSA program. So I pick up, you know, my box of fresh produce every other month. So, I mean... I have been conscientious about not eating three bags of Doritos in a week. <laughs> so I was telling my friend that I was like, I ain't trying to die. It's a pandemic. And, you know, as much as we want to say food is comfort, right? Yep. So just having a little balance. So maybe my comfort right now is making a loaded potato soup, right? My box had butternut squash. I had never eaten butternut squash or Interesting. So I tried a new recipe of a butternut butternut squash risotto because I like anything pasta and Italian wow. food. And it was so good. You know, kale comes in a lot. So mm-hmm. making cream kale, eating kale salad. And, you know, mm-hmm. I actually incorporated kale a couple of years ago when I had a health condition and my iron levels were low. Got it. And it took forever for the doctors to resolve it because they couldn't figure out what was causing it. And their suggestion was to take iron supplements. I'm like, no, I was living in the Bay. I'm like, I have all these farms. I'm going right. to see what foods. And so kale is really, really rich in iron. So it was okay. kale and red meat. I, beef is my favorite. So I didn't have a problem with that. But ever since then, you know, kale has been an important my diet. So right now it's just balancing it, you know, adding the fresh produce as often as I can, you know eating oatmeal, fibrous food to keep my yep. system and eliminating yep. waste, right? <laughs> so stuff yep. is just sitting there. And so that is how I am, you know, trying to take care of my body and mind and spirit and then connecting with friends. So I do have a bubble of like two or three people I see and, you know, that have the similar shelter in place, you know, practices where you know, we're only going out to either work because, you know, not everybody is forcing us to work at home, right? right. Running errands, takeout, exercising. So occasionally I do do hikes. This week I'm hiking in the bamboo forest in Atlanta. Yes, um, yes. You know, making sure I journal, right? Because, you know, especially during this election time and it's been like gloom and doom, right? And also people, you know, act like racism just exists. Like all of this stuff has been happening. They ain't never stopped. And so finding ways to, you know, with your pandemic, you have your own emotions, right? So you turn on the news, look on social media, like, man, my world is ended. And the world is literally ended and blowing up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
So finding ways to, you know, decompress and, and get rid of that negative energy while honoring the reality of what's happening, right? You can honor without feeling gloom or doom and making moments to find joy and happiness and laughter, celebrating people's wins. You know, I have a friend that's killing it. Like she's in the middle of a pandemic getting new clients, right? Wow. Um, and then those who aren't doing as well, you know, supporting them and those that are kind of in the middle like me, you know, just supporting all each other, making connections, staying connected, right? And so, and finding things that make joy. So I got tired quickly of the IGDJ live set, so, but I have been intentional about finding, you know, virtual events of things that I would do. Like my friend jokes that he's like, your fun is nerdy sometimes. I attend lectures, so finding virtual lectures on topics that interest me. I'm, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, so <laughs> when this pandemic first happened, I can never say her name, but she's one of my favorite authors. Ted and I read, do? I know I'm saying it wrong because I ain't <laughs> never given it. But, you know, she and a colleague did a series on Octavia Butler, like what would she do based on Octavia Butler's Terrible of the Sower. I'm from Miami and they have a black archive. And so they've been having lecture series to learn about the black history of Miami. I follow a lot of therapists on Instagram. And so sharing their posts and even being, you know, somewhat transparent about, you know, some of the things that I deal with in my mental health and maintaining my mental health. So it's just making sure you're okay doing what you can, right? So some of you may not be like me. You may not be able to get out, you know, as often. But if you ain't getting those workouts in, don't eat the three bags of Doritos. Don't eat the three bags of Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Or cheeses. Let's put that out there, too. (laughs) Or pizza and wings, you know, whatever. I was eating it all. Like, I I was saying, I laugh because I slowed down on the ice cream, but there's this ice cream that I like, and I remember why I don't buy it that often. That thing is hard to open. It's so hard to open. They have YouTube videos. I've had that for five days. I have not touched it because I can't open it. What kind of ice cream? <laughs> it's like this gelato. It's oh, really, okay. I think they try to seal it really tight, whatever, but I'm like, the devil is a liar. I will eat this ice cream one day. <laughs> I will defeat you. You will not defeat me. Oh, that That's is why I end up looking on YouTube videos. So I think it's just finding what works for you and making sure your mental, emotional, and physical well-being and spiritual are important. Your spiritual practice, whatever you do, having good amount of friends. I've blocked some people since this pandemic because I'm like, mm, I don't need that energy. They don't need that bad uh, energy, boy. And so that is the thing, figuring out what works for you for you to be okay and knowing that your okay may look different from somebody else's okay and find a way to stay connected with people that you genuinely enjoy talking to. So although you may not be able to see them, you know, and it could be social groups, like some of my JLA sisters and I had a virtual game night where we played culture tag. Oh, wow. Uh, I've been attending a lot of brush studios, virtual painting sets, you know, because that was one of my birthday traditions and birthday was canceled, right? So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I still could have my virtual paint party. So there are ways to take care of you. Walk in your neighborhood. I ain't doing it, but I'm going to do it. Like walk in your neighborhood or your local green space or 
I I see it all the time. I haven't done it, but I know yeah. the Home Depot backyard has a lot of live fitness classes because I see, you know, the IG. Yes. Going live. <laughs> yes. Great idea. Great idea. No, and you brought up a really good point. Two, you brought up a couple of really good points and some that I actually want to reiterate. One, you can't feel from an empty cup. If you don't have what you need to be able to, to serve these other people or help these other people, then you're doing a disservice to everybody. So making sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally, spiritually, getting whatever conversation, assistance, eating better, which is a huge portion of fitness that people neglect. They think that you have to just go to the gym or just go walk in or just go do some push-ups and all that stuff. Even though that's, I do push-ups, 50 push-up challenge. Don't forget about that. <laughs> but that's not the only thing. Like, again, like you said, if you're doing all of the push-ups and still eating three bags of Doritos a week, kind of balancing out the push-ups, like you're, you're missing the point. So being able to find those natural foods that help being able to take care of yourself mentally and spiritually to make sure that you're in the right space when you do go out into the world and do do your service and just finding a holistic way to incorporate everything into yourself and come out even better. Because I can tell you this, with the eating changes that you've made, when you do get back to Zumba, oh man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Your energy is going to be crazy. Everything's going to be crazy. Because I, I know a lot of people and, and I met a lot of people through this metric mate journey that go into the gym, they got to have that routine. It's like, no, look, I got to get my mind right to go in here and make it happen so that once we do get back to something that's a semblance of normal, once we do get past all of the chaos that's going on with this pandemic, that routine, that, that's the one that's going to lock back in. And we're going to have a lot of amazing people out here. People are going to have so much energy. People are going to be doing so many more things because now people do go on hikes. People do experience new things, have to find new ways to do stuff. And now it's not like you just revert. You might go back to doing some of the things you did pre-pandemic, but you're also going to know what it feels like to ride your bike in downtown. It's like, well, I want that feeling every once in a while. And that's something that we weren't doing before. And it takes that that same type of fortitude, that same type of mental process of evaluating what's going on and then finding solutions like you did with everything that's going on with SEM link and you as a person and just building and growing and coming out better. That's what it's about. That's, mm-hmm. that's what all of this should be about, not regressing or, or being upset or prolonging what's going on because you don't want to actually acknowledge what's happening. It's about seeing the landscape, mm-hmm. understanding how it affects you making the adaptive changes for the positive to be better and coming out stronger on the back end. And, and you are definitely doing that. You are preparing S you are leading SEM link to do that. And, and kudos to you for all of that. Thank you. And then your relationships, right? Because who you are talking to <laughs> really impacts you. You know, I have a few friends. I love them to death. I listen, but I also, you know, need some balance after I talk to them, right? And so, you know, making sure you have people, you know, that you can vent to, because I'm sure some people are like, oh, I need to talk to somebody else after I talk to Kiwa. You know, so you have to spend that place. On a day, I can see I may be that person to somebody, right? But also have that balance of people and things that uplift you and bring you joy and laughter, it slowed down a little bit, but when this first pandemic first happened, you know, people got time, right? So there were all these funny memes. And my friends and I, maybe about six or seven girlfriends and I were passing funny memes back, right? Right. 
when it first started, so nobody was finding nothing positive, right? But those memes were making us so much laughter, right? In the beginning of this pandemic, where we were just like, okay. And so even one of my friends was like, the memes to slow down. It's like, girl, we all get back to work. And they coming up less and less, right? Like, Yeah. We starting to get some type of regularity about our lives. And it's like, all right, well, I got to get back to being a person. I, I can't just forget about life. <laughs> I got to keep going. Memes all day, right? Right, uh, right. That's real. So as I do with everybody, you know what I'm saying? We're going to go ahead and get ready to, to wrap this thing up, giving a lot of great information. But we got to save some of this for our follow up because we're going to do another one later on to see how everything is going. We got to check back in with you. So we can't give away all of the jewels and all of the information. But leave everybody in the community with one more piece of advice for that person, that young person, that older person that's looking to make that switch into to nonprofit and wanting to serve their community. What's one gem that you could give them about your journey? Know that nonprofit isn't necessarily a moneymaker, especially if you are Black, although they're trying to make changes about it now. You know, you have to do have to get your money, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you may not be thrown the millions of dollars that others are thrown, right? But base your work on what you are passionate about and the change that you want to see in the world. You know, ACM Link was really started from the change I want to see in the world and what I could do about it. And most importantly, before you start and as you're continuing to you know, on your nonprofit journey, learn, 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 right? So do a self-evaluation analysis of what things you know, what you're good at, and things you don't know, and what you're not good at. And so look at what things you have the capacity and interest to learn, and what things my friends jokes about, like, I don't care about that. So I'm going to write that check or find a volunteer, <laughs> The things that you are not good at or you don't want to do and you can find the support, whether from your network or whether you got to write a check and hire somebody to do it. But you don't have to do everything. You just have to create the vision for your org and surround yourself with people that believe in your vision and want to support it with your time, talent and expertise. But you also have to be very clear about your vision. People won't be able to help you if you have no idea where to lead them and where you want to go and what you want to accomplish. hundred percent. Now that, that was just a business life hack right there. That's the realest thing you, you, I think there's an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go with others. That is literally to go with others because you're trying to do so much and you can go fast, but you're going to miss something because you can't do everything. It's, yeah, it's I'm a fan you alumni, and we joke. I have a friend that's like, y'all are cold. I'm like, don't hate, because you went to the wrong school. <laughs> she didn't go to HBCU. But, you know, we joke about, like, and seriously, like, a lot of what I've been able to con- accomplish is because of, you know, my fellow FAMU alum and fellow HBCU alum, because, you know, we do have that thing, like, what you want to do, I got you. And if I don't got you, let me look through my phone and see who got you, right? And so starting with those people in your, you know, professional, personal circle, right? And things you have in common, you know, that can guide you. I know for a fact that like those friends, those family you alum, those fellow HBCU alum, you know, just do an asset map 
of who you can trust and who is interested in you. And you start with that. And then what you'll find is now there are people I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how they found out about SCMA and they're wanting to help, right? But it starts with those people that are close to you and you have commonalities. I think Issa Rae said it when she said network vertically or pretty much she was like, you'd be reaching out to people mm-hmm. you don't know and ignoring who you already know to start. Right. That's yeah. my paraphrase paraphrasing of what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, network horizontally and not ver- always vertically. Everybody yeah, she went put from what, her YouTube channel to mm-hmm. HBO show mm-hmm. and producing other people's stuff, so... Yeah, no, no, no. You got to learn from the people that, that's, that's going where you want to go, no matter what industry they're in. That's real. So thank you so much again for joining us. You're here welcome. Minute. Definitely want to give you the opportunity. Tell everybody in the community where they can find you, find out more about SEM Link, more about what you're doing and ways they can get involved. Okay, so we are on Instagram at SEM Link. Um, that's our most active social media platform. But we also have a presence on Facebook and LinkedIn. And Twitter, not so much Twitter, but, you know, those Twitter restrictions and, you know, I have my issue with Twitter right now because they <laughs> won't stand 45. I report oh, him Lord. every day. Oh, Lord. Every day. Every day I report him. <laughs> <laughs> every day. That's part of my day, reporting him. And you can find me on LinkedIn, um, on Instagram, at Takiwa Smith. T-O-K-I-W-A-S-M-I-T-A. And LinkedIn is all my professional stuff. And Instagram is a personal professional hybrid where, you know, I do my work, but I talk about the things that are important to me and share some of my practices, you know, my journey as a social entrepreneur and some of my self-care motivational practices to keep going. Awesome. 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 Kiwa, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Of course. You know, there are very few people I would get up and put on makeup and address, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. We are not so, taking you know, that credit at all. Is t- you know, t-shirts and sweatpants, right? And pajamas. <laughs> no lies. No lies I've seen you say at all. But we've got an amazing interview. Everybody in the community, thank you all for joining us for this awesome, awesome interview again. Check us out for the next episode. That'll be coming out very, very shortly. Until then, namaste, level up, peace out. Man, thanks everybody for joining us for another Metric Mate Minute. We appreciate everybody that comes through and shows us love in the Metric Mate community. Make sure that you stop over at themetricmate.com to find out more information about the podcast, about what we're doing, any of our blog information, the transcript of the show, and just to show us massive support. Also remember to follow us on social media at Metric Mate. Check us out, y'all. Peace. Peace.